is up, everybody? Welcome to Comic Book Club. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we are coming to you live from a couple of places on the internet. We're live on Facebook. We're live on YouTube. We're live on Twitch. We're live on X, the coolest site around. Are, are we live on X? Honestly, X what, what is live on X? It's all dead there. But oh, maybe you're listening your later, chicks. wherever you get your podcast. Maybe you're listening on Spotify. Maybe you're listening on Apple or Android. Hopefully you're not listening on Stitcher because Stitcher is going away at the end of the month. So if you oh, are man. subscribed on Stitcher, I know we've been saying this on all of our podcasts, but we're available on every platform. So, you know, go uh, subscribe literally anywhere else. That's cool. But it's cool. It's cool, y'all. What also is cool is all the great support that all of you give us at Patreon.com. Yes. Comic Book Club. Now, as frequent listeners know, normally once a month, we give a shout out to anybody who is at the $5 and above level. Give them a little thank you here on the show. Great level. We weren't together last month. None of us were. We weren't all three of us here at the same time. Wow. For a whole month? For is a that whole true? Month. Yeah, it was like two and two at a time. And there was one time where neither of you were here. Uh, that is that. crazy. That, that is crazy. fun night. It was just an empty. There was a tumbleweed hosting the show, if I remember correctly. Oh, man. Ah, just went cool. kept going back and forth across the screen and honestly it was the best interview we've done in years the that said last week we finally read the patreon thank yous for last month for july now it's a new month so we're gonna read the patreon thank yous again uh this is a shout out to everybody who supports the show again at five dollars above you can support at any amount two dollars and above if you want that's fine uh but here we go let's kick it off saying a big thank you to oidis larson aaron c hollis adam DeRose, uh-oh adam horowitz mr crackley adam marks uh adriel morland all right why don't you switch that off pete and i are going back and forth okay uh elena fontenot amanda harris andrew primo andrew tillman Ashy G. Bearcat PhD. Benjamin Brown. Carly W. Carrie, Carrie Math- Matthews. Ooh, Chris Leatherman. Uh, Christina Jeremilo. Christina Rensfield. Chris Terlizzi. Pre- Clemens Luer. Demand Ryan. Dan Snow. Daniel Cabral. Daniel Fuentes. Daniel Warden. Danny Heck. Debbie Gloom. Dennis Scott. Derek Mainhart. Doug Sadaway. Dylan L.J. Eduardo Martinez. Emmett Quish. Jeffrey Risher. Gerard de Villa. Jake Fry. James Connolly. James Kurtz. Jaron Townsend. <laughs> Jason Donahue. Jeffrey Whaley. John George. John Henderson. Jonathan Jong. Jonathan McCool. Joshua W. Broxon. Julian Lobato. Casey Newhaven. Kilby. Kevin Kleinrock. Kieran Broderick. Cody Thomas. Liwana Thomas. Lucas Sink. Matt Tice. Matthew C. Hernandez. Matthew De Palma. Michael Tillman. Nelson Kelso Martinez. Nick G. Nick Grayson. Official CBC chef uh, Brett Macris, a.k.a. Stray Bullets. <laughs> <laughs> Lost the plot for a hot sec. Yep. But you're about to announce a new chef, like a new pope, Omnia Soul Art. Orin Dix. Pedro A. Wrangle. Provocative Ambulance. Rev Mikey. Robert Pettenout. Sarah Schottmuller. <laughs> Sarah Schaefer. Scott Carpenter. Scott England. Stanley. 
Stephanie O'Hara. Jamila Rush. Taylor Bryan. Terrible Jason. The Big Flood. The 12 Badge. Victor Perez. Will Buchanan. William Leach. Zachary Bachman. And of course, Zika's Viral Comics. Oof. Thank you, everybody who supports the show. We really appreciate it. You can support it too at patreon.com slash comic book club. For as low as $2 a month, you can get access to our Patreon Slack. Very fun conversation is happening all day in there. You also get access to our back catalog from 2011 to 2022. That's thousands of podcasts, many of whom are not online anymore. And I'll also give a little plug. Uh, we started rolling out a Patreon exclusive. We're doing a comic book club news podcast. And if you subscribe on Patreon, you're going to get it early and ad free every single day of the week, as long as we can keep that up. We'll see what happens. It that's just started. A lot. That's <laughs> it's a, lot. a lot of stuff that's to a, do. You know, and, that, and that's what the New York Times says every week. Too. Like, you subscribe <laughs> yeah. it as long as we yeah. can write this news. The great lady, when everybody is leaving work, they're like, okay, good luck. We'll see if we can do this again tomorrow. Bye-bye. Yeah. Good times. Uh, sorry that's for the people I murdered the their name. <laughs> uh, ooh, let's see. Um, Kevin says it would be terrible if you had how you learned you were being replaced, Stray. Stray Bullet says Alex tried to replace me last week, so I'm expecting it. I did try to replace him by designing a cocktail. Stray Bullet, an actual yeah. chef, designs a cocktail for us every week. Uh, this week, I just will give a plug. I was going to do it later. But he did a clarified whiskey mm. sour, with a red, sour with a red wine float. Mm. Very surprising. It looks amazing. Yeah, yeah, very delightful. Very refreshing, particularly on a warm day. But listen... We got a lot of guests for you tonight, and one of them is calling from all the way over on the pond. He is a returning guest, and uh, why don't we bring him in here, ladies and gentlemen, Ramsey! Hey, what's up? Oh, hi, hi, hi. How's it going, guys? How it goes? Hey, hey. Uh, sorry Pat, to interrupt yeah, the reading. Yeah, yeah. Back, back, back street. Back on the show. Was on a chat. Now having a chat. Hey, nice. <laughs> That's how you do. What's up? Uh, very excited to have you here. You are one of the writers of Mega City Max, which I believe yeah. has already been released in the UK based on the fact that you're holding a copy, but comes out here tomorrow. Is that correct? Yeah. For, yeah. For, I think it's one of the first times like it's been 2080s published in the US, I think. So it's nice. a pretty ah. cool occasion. Well, it takes a while. It's 2023, so it took at least 23 years for them to get across the water. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sure. You got the shipping. Sure. Titanic sent a lot of those to the bottom of the ocean. Well, uh, given that, I mean, we do have a lot of international listeners, but given that we do have the bulk of them, I think, in the United States, can you just give a brief overview of what 2000 AD is? If you don't mind. Okay, 2000 AD. Wow. Okay, first dropped in 1977. It's basically the launch pad for every British comics badass that ever was. Alan Moore That's... started there, Dave Gibbons started there, Neil Gaiman started there, Grant Morrison. Um, the Ooh. only person who hasn't is Kieran Gillen, who just came out with phonogram. So he, he, he totally... <laughs> submerge you know swerve that but um but everybody started there including me but um the thing nice. about 2000 ad it was very transgressive like it's very it was like this um there was a lot of like newspaper articles about like how um it pushed the button and it was a bit out there um and with it grew with its audience so it became really sophisticated and maybe a bit too heavy for 
regular um, for all readers. So in 2019, <clears throat> it released um, 2000 AD Regined, which is basically the all ages version of it. Um, and it was cool. a huge hit. And they wanted to do a YA version, which um, Mega City Max is like a, the first sort of like standalone one shot. Um, so basically what they did was they got um, five creators to come up with uh, five short stories that like no continuity knowledge required, standalone, so people can all jump into it. Um, and it's just basically um, re new versions of like classic comic strips they had in there, which will probably be new to a lot of um, American readers. But um, but yeah, and it's got like creators like um, Hannah Templer, who, who does Cosmo Nights, and she think won an Eisner this year, I think. Yeah. And um, Roger Langridge, who's like an OG. And uh, but yeah, and me, weirdly, they let me on for some <laughs> strange reason. I don't know. I managed to blag on but um but yeah it's it, it was a really fun challenge like to write a 10 page story so i went um and it's like based on a um dave gibbons comic called harlem heroes which is like this really 1970s rollerball type thing and the original comic was really gritty and violent um and they wanted something a bit softer so i went for a haiku yeah. meets um dragon ball with a little bit of uh um ultimate muscle do you remember that nice show? Remember. wow sure. great yeah. great combo yeah. um so yeah. now, did you then did you then invent this sport or was that in the original no no the sport the sport was i think it was a dave gibbons thing but um but we had to find new ways to present it yeah um and we went for like a manga type look um nice dynamic panels and stuff like that well to take a step back for anybody who doesn't uh who hasn't read it uh, which means everybody in america at this point what is the concept <laughs> of the story like justin was saying there's a sport involved there's a lot of rules to it but it definitely seems to be setting up a lot of different things that can go in a lot of different directions potentially yeah i mean this is it debuted in region so there's already three stories so this is like the fourth one but it had to be like a okay. standalone so basically this is a uh uh mega city one where judge dread comes from um his their home team is the harlem heroes for mega city one and they enter the mega city um cup which is like a tournament with all the mega cities um and there's the the captain is called gem giant he's based on um the um old harlem heroes captain and they um they used to be a judge they dropped out and um, are now leading this team. Cool. Can you talk nice. a little bit? You can't about... really. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, I can't really say that much about ten pan page comic. It's quite hard. No, no, no. Spoiling. That's fine. Um, yeah, I did want to ask totally. you. You said that there was a bunch of different things that you needed to that were tricky in terms of this, like doing the ten page story, adapting it, etc., or expanding on it. But I'm curious to hear how you balanced. Like you said, 2000 AD is very transgressive. This is something that's aimed at slightly younger audiences. Not that teens can't be transgressive or anything like that, but how did you, you know, whittle off the edges, so to speak? Or did you not, do you feel like? No, I mean, I just um, wrote, 
I've, I've read a whole bunch of the old um, Harlem Heroes comics and all the 2080 stuff. And I just wrote a fun sports story that had a breezier um, tone to it and was really energetic and um, wisecracky. And mm. yes. that, yeah, I think that's that's all you need. I think the, 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 the thing is, is you're trying to write, write something that is universal, that everybody can get. And it's for all. I, I wrote it as in all ages, even though it's in a YA magazine. It's very much anyone can enjoy it. Definitely. It feels like you really like took a story that came before and put it in your voice and energy, even beyond the YA of it all. It feels like it's a very you story at the end of the day. Um, kind of. I mean, my collaborator, um, Karina, she basically took on the whole um visual side of it and she's fantastic she's from greece but she used to live in london she's a good friend of mine and um yeah she's cool. she, she get gave a lot of the visual voice to the comic and um we collaborated on that we just bounced ideas um and it was a lot of fun we just we we the original one was very based on british football comics like royal the rovers but they they sci-fied it up and i thought there's a lot of uh new readers that aren't very familiar with that format and it feels really creaky so we just went and we went into like uh, manga sports comics like haiku um which has got like you know 55 million um copies sold around the world you know nice. it, it's doing something right so it's it's basically just doing something that's more visual and exciting and more leaning towards the team but it's really hard to fit into a 10-page comic yeah. um we didn't have any of, of those splash pages but it was a lot of fun can you talk um, the? Uh, i mean i know you didn't set up the rules necessarily but can you talk about trying to write a made-up sport you know how do you plan out that in terms of the panels and the action of everything yeah i mean we we didn't have we had to allude to to it um and write it in terms where it's like a, a generic sport that anyone can understand so mm -hmm. Um, we didn't want to get bogged down in the rules of it. Um, there were like some subversive stuff I dropped in there because the, the 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 judges in two the judges in two thousand AD are very RoboCop, um, yeah. and a lot of the, it was it's was, it was a bit of like a dig at some of the, some of like how it's been written because a lot of the writers who write because there's a there's a there's a uh, young um, Judge Dread comic and a lot of the writers write it as like, oh, it's a young boy at a cop school and it's so cool. And uh, I was like, it's pretty messed up. So I was like, so I was like, I'm going to do a bit of an, I'm going to do a bit of like, if there was like a Robocop school, I'm going to do a scene that sends that up. So there's a scene where there's a flashback where Jem's in school and uh, they're being taught um, about like, they're given a pop quiz where it's all like, what do you do if you see a, per uh, a perp with a, h-bomb outside of school do you shoot him what when do you like what do you do you shoot him and they were like and they were like yeah but what about the h-bomb and they're like well they're just martyrs to the law we don't you know collateral damage is all good and it's all like just remembering how messed up um the whole judge system is and set no. just get getting into the whole like um starship troopers sort of satirical side mm. of it um cool is given that you do leave it open at the end, is there any talk of more or is that not up to you? Um, it's not 
up to me. Um, I think they might they might do some for. I'm not sure if they're going to do some for the region title because that's still kicking monthly. But um, but no, I'm not sure. I'm yeah. But mm. I'll be happy to do more. I'm busy doing other things at the moment, but I'll be up for doing more. Cool. Uh, also, a very side question for you. The last time we had on the had you on the show, I think you had uh, just introduced Spider UK, right? In, yeah. Uh, edge of the Spider Verse was it Edge or End Edge? Yeah, right? it was Edge. 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 There you go. A lot of words going on there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Across the Spider Verse is now on digital, so you can watch it at home. Should I be frame by framing? Can we find Spider UK in there, or is that well, well, they, they've got the other Spider UK, which is Malana Windsor, Malala Windsor, which is like the oh, weirdest right. name ever. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, which is like. Let's take Malala and emerge her with the Windsor royal family, and it's like the most <laughs> crazy, <laughs> crazy mix. But um, yeah, my my, my Spider UK is completely different. Um, All right, well I'll tell you what, I have my TV behind me. I'm gonna cut out your Spider UK. I'm gonna put it on the screen, and then it's in the movie. So there you go. Nice. Pretty cool. But I was gonna say this is like the first time I've been on a show where Justin's here. So I've got the whole three amigos. It's pretty. Cool. <laughs> it is true, and I'll tell you what. Yeah. I was like, ah, oh, Ramsey, I've missed you each time you've been on the show. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what you've been. I don't know what you've been during those times. I don't know if it's like a pulp secret or something. But hey, mm. you know. Oh, oh come on, man! I, I was going to say, if you want, since all three of us are here, we could read off our Patreon supporter names for you. Not again. Is uh, this a hint? Do you want me to join the Patreon? I'll join the Patreon. <laughs> okay. Uh, what else yeah. have you got coming up, Ramsey? What else do you want to plug other than Mega City Max? I'm doing loads of TV stuff now, which is pretty crazy. Um, yeah, nice. I can't, really, I can't really talk about, um, well, it's, hmm, I can't really talk too much about it. Just say it's a crime story. It's pretty crazy. Um, it's with the BBC. It's a lot of fun. Um, nice. And, um, but yeah, but I like, I want to get back to comics. I feel like I feel like uh, Al Pacino in Godfather Three, and you know, I'm moving away. I want it to bring, bring me back, bring me back. Hold it's me like back it's yeah. like I think it's like it's one of the most exciting mediums you can work in, and uh, yeah, I, I really love it. But yeah, I'm do I'm doing other stuff at the moment, um, and I'm writing a play as well, which should be oh, fun. Um, very cool, awesome. man. Yeah. Congrats. Yeah. Cool. cool well, dude. cool. Ramsey, always good seeing you. I'm going to let you get to bed or whatever you're doing next since it's late over or there. Writing, 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 writing. Back to back to All right. All right. Good seeing you, Ramsey. Have a good night. Congrats. Yeah, take care. Thanks, Great Fed. Great All right. There we go. Once again, it's called Mega City Max. It is out in America tomorrow, August 9th. If you're listening to this on August 9th, it's out right now. So there you go. Um, we have a bunch more guests, so let's keep going through it. We've got uh, from Panico Press, and I'm probably mangling the name there, Angel Fuentes. Angel, welcome to the show. Hey! <laughs> also reading a comic. I love it. This Everyone is a fun is bit. Reading. This is a fun bit. For anybody uh, listening to the show, uh, they've had uh, comics in front of their faces and they moved them. <laughs> was that worth like, taking the time to yeah, describe that? Oh I'm yeah, gonna, Alex, you're really paying a picture, man. <laughs> I'm gonna it's keep beautiful. I'm gonna keep Alex. a comic here during the entire conversation so that people know that Green and Gears is out in stores. Mm -hmm. Okay, you can see yeah. it. Check nice. it out. 
Well, uh, first of all, did I mangle the pronunciation of Panico Press? Did I do it wrong or Panico? Oh yes. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Super, right. super so correct me. Pronounce it. It's uh, it's panic, panico, like panic. Oh, panico. Okay. It's uh, it's panico press. Um, and it's uh, we are basically a production studio uh, with creators from all over Latin America, uh, United States, Puerto Rico, um, and it. Uh, we actually started uh, as just a. Uh, have you ever gone to to a convention and you go through the small press section and there's a whole bunch. Yeah. Of of publishers that you haven't heard of and you you will never ever hear about them again, that's us. Basically, <laughs> for, for many years, for many years, uh, we've been like ma- uh, making comics. We're the like the underdog. Nobody knows who we are. We 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 we, we go to every convention and people just. You know, they stand in front of our table because they're waiting for the next Marvel uh, uh, event on the platform on, on the on the stage in front of us. You know, right? Um, yeah. So it happens that in the in the in the in the pandemic, when everything you know shut down, um, I started with a friend of mine uh, a podcast, and with that podcast, we started meeting people from other countries uh mexico chile peru uh colombia uh and and basically it's it, it just became like a club a comic book club mind you. <laughs> whoa, with, whoa 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 <laughs> <laughs> soy alex soy justino soy pete and come on, it's like, <laughs> wow. basically, so basically it's, thing. you've got it you <laughs> so basically it, you know it, it, la, Latin Latin comedy always has the the, the funny voices. Anyway, so <laughs> so we we became uh, a, a club of underdogs because as I and my friends here were underdogs in the states and in Puerto Rico. I'm, I'm from Puerto Rico. Uh, in other countries, we met other people that would that would come into our show, tell us the story of comic books in their countries, and then we would just say like, hey. How about what if we do like a co-op? You know, you send me your comics, I'll send you mine. We'll help you out to 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 show your comics here. You show our comics over there, and 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 it's been great since then. Um, and then we uh, about uh, I'm gonna say almost a year ago, we um, became uh, uh, associated with uh, a publisher called uh, Blood Moon Comics. Mm-hmm. If you can see it, so yeah. basically they will be the image to our top cap, and uh, Ooh, okay, yeah, and we produce books that are distributed to Diamond and, and and all that thanks to our friend. And by the way, shout out to Keith Rommel from 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 Blood Moon. Um, and uh, since then things have gone up, so we are very we're very blessed. So, cool. Uh, what uh, I was curious since you are. Obviously, all sorts of people read comics across the board. That's something I think we all know very well. But the comic book industry is not necessarily geared towards <laughs> leaning towards a Latino audience. This is obviously something you're, you're, I'm sure, trying to appeal to everybody, but that's kind of your core. So what's the outreach like? How are you managing to capture that audience and outreach to that audience in an industry that uh, isn't necessarily geared that way? So that's an excellent question because... 
you are expected to make Latin oriented uh, or or if you're sort of, of a culture that you make that you have to make something of your culture. Right. No, we just want to make comics. We want we we make nice. we make sci-fi. We make we make supernatural stuff. We make uh, 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 fantasy comic books. Uh, we have even YA stuff coming out. Um, and 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 listen, if you ask me, how do I come up with the stories? If we put every, anything from from our culture, it'll always come through as you are a writer, and everything that you know will put be, will be there. But it's not like I'm going to go like I'm going to make a comic book about somebody waving the Puerto Rican flag. That's not how it goes. <laughs> what I do as a writer, I have two bags: one bag with some papers, one with the other, and I select zombie, cowboys, and that is Gumbrick. <laughs> well, and, that's and yeah. Then, that's 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 how we do it. And obviously. Everybody in the world loves Star Wars and, and, and everybody in the world loves the Marvel comics and whatnot. So we are, what makes us uh, a, a, a Latin group is the creators, but our products are for everyone. Nice. Well, and you, you, you say it's uh, zombie and, uh, and Western here, but it's, um, there's like gods in here. It feels like you're also sort of pushing through those genres into a whole other energy. Yeah, it happens when you don't know what you're doing. I, I, <laughs> I try not. But I, but I think it's where I love it. It's working. I love the big push out. Yeah, I, I, I improvise. I keep getting little papers out of the box, and let's see how it goes. It's like That's it, awesome. it, that. I think you're referring to a story called in, in Gombri, a short. There's a short called uh, Full House of Gods. Oh, look how yeah. beautiful that is. By the way, guys. I feel like I'm in an ayahuasca trip right now talking to you guys because yeah. you don't know how many <laughs> years I've been watching you guys. And I've never, <laughs> I've never had, you know, I never had you guys talk back to me. Welcome, man. It's great to have you officially on the show. You know? Yeah, we usually leave long, we usually leave long pauses in the conversation so people can talk back. But, yeah. Ah, so that's why you go. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete, and I'm on, I'm on, on this side. I'm going like, and I'm Angel. That's right. There you go. Yeah. Ah, that's so nice to hear. Thank you. We're excited to have you on. Let's talk about this book that we brought up here. Yes, Gunbreed, which is the new one. It's coming out next week. You said, is that correct? Next week, either next, okay. well, either next week or the next. And and there's a reason that what I can be uh, quite specific about when it's coming. Is either next week or the next? It's because there's one. This this has a, a a few covers. One of the covers is a foil cover, and Ooh. we're just waiting for the printer to deliver. And I think we mm -hmm. we, we got it. Uh, we're going back to the nineties, man. We'll do it. Yeah. Cover gimmicks. Like, we're doing we're everything. Doing it's like <laughs> now that we're going through diamond. It's like we're gonna do everything. There's gonna be a a, a comic in November uh, from a one shot in November from Greening Years, and it's gonna be back and it's gonna have trading cards in it. Very oh, X Force wow. number one. <laughs> so so Gumbreed is basically a, a, an, a, an anthology book. It's, it's short stories. And it's they're all based in a western uh, town. It's a border town uh, called Bajo Bajo Tierra, but it's a border town between Earth and Hell. And oh, the shit. idea is that this guy that you're just looking at here, he's an undead sheriff who protects the town from all the creatures that are trying to crawl up from Hell. Oh, and wow. uh, so we got a, a few 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 of the of the stories here, including the one that. Uh, 
Justin mentioned in which there's a, yeah. a, a group of uh, gods uh, playing poker in, in the town and whoever yeah. wins will, will, will conquer reality. That's another one of my bads. Uh, it's like poker, gods. So, it's, 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 yeah, but I love that. Those uh, two bags are magical, man. That is awesome. Thank, <laughs> thank you. Uh, so yeah, it's a it's a six issue miniseries, uh, and uh, the uh, actually it's five issues, but there's not it's a, there's a six issue coming later on because the publisher liked it so much. They said, "Hey, uh, hey nice. let's do Congrats. another one." So I got more stories bonus awesome nice uh we'll talk about what else is coming up uh, obviously we just dived into dove that's the correct word into gunbreed a little bit what else is coming out uh from your imprint well sometimes the magic bags repeat the themes so the western <laughs> team uh, i took the, the same paper as the, the the western thing so i got a western boat with robots it's this is grid and gears and mm. it's basically it's basically a steampunk uh, western. Uh, the artist is is amazing. His name is Nahuel SB. He's from uh, Argentina, and mm -hmm. I ah. we collaborated on a story. Uh, he's the one that uh, uh, drew the the God story on on Gumbreed. And and after we worked together, I said, "Hey, what do you want to do?" And he said, "I want to do I want to do." Uh, Mandalorian, and I'm like, oh, we can't do Mandalorian. We're gonna get sued. He goes like, <laughs> he goes like I want to do, I want to do a Western with robots, Mandalorian style. And I'm like, nice. all right, let's see how I can we do it. And, and so it's about <laughs> this. The, there's a, there's I'm this sold, man. I'm in, man. I can't wait. And he's, uh, he's uh, like a grifter, um, and and it's just uh, this is a six again a six issue mini series, and then there's a one shot, and then and the one shot that's coming in November. That one has the the, the bag thing and with the with the cards, Ooh, and so also cool. we have Violet Descent. This is my baby. I've been I, I wrote this story years ago, and this is part of the things that, like I told you before, going year after year after year, trying to move your comics, try to 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 um uh have it out there and and thanks to everything that i told you that happened i'm finally able to publish this book it's uh it's a it's a actually it's an ongoing series but it's gonna be uh, uh divided in, in 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 chapters and then this first chapter has uh five issues it's already is uh, issue four is already out so next next month we're gonna see issue five and then next year we're gonna see what will be volume two and volume mm -hmm. two, I know, Pete, that you are not much of a fan of the zero issues, but it's a zero issue. <laughs> going back, uh, that's going okay. back to what happened before the series happened, and then we, <laughs> we finished the, uh, the the second volume and all that. I, I, uh, um, the artists on this, we got different artists. Uh, I started with uh, Yvonne Falcon. I don't know if you guys have been were able to to see the the, the PDFs. Um, and then uh, we have Naila oh, Aguirre. Yeah uh richard cruz and then we have from argentina uh nicolas concepcion so there's a whole bunch of artists that nice. are coming in and all beautiful and they make me look like i know what i'm doing so it's, it's amazing <laughs> that's the dream yeah, yeah. <laughs> well and also it must be it must be a game changer to be able to go through diamond right because now anybody can go into any comic book shop pretty much in the entirety of the united states and say hey can i order these comics Alex, nobody makes those questions as great as you. That's a great question. <laughs> listen, <laughs> listen, I I never thought 
that I would have one day somebody from North whatever something in in in, in Great Britain doing a video. It's a, there's a comic shop called Zap Comics in Great Britain, and cool. they did a video doing a, a review of Grid and Gears number one. Oh wow. Ah, this comic awesome. has my, I, I don't have a passport uh, these guys my comics have gone through to to mexico through 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 chile canada canada uh, uh great britain uh, and i'm like this is this is just bonkers and i'm super grateful of all the people that are up that we're collaborating with i'm super grateful of 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 uh Blood Moon Comics to, for, to, to, for, for allowing us to be through Diamond. And um, I got to, just before we leave, I got I to gotta shout out uh, my partners, Amy Jocelyn and Luis Ramos, which are my, uh, uh, my partners in, in, our, in, in, in this company. And um, I, I wanted to share with you really quick a, a, a recipe for a for a for a for a, uh, a drink is called the Violet Angel. It was made for by one of our writers who's a, who's, who's a, a bartender. Uh -huh. It's got one part violet liquor, one part white chocolate liquor, one part plum liquor, one part cream, and some ice cubes to shake it, shake the strain, and ready to go. Wow, that's wow. lovely, man. Uh, awesome. We have Shoot. a new official CBC show. Yeah, no, come week. on. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Every week it changes. Last week it was me. This week it's Angels. And uh, Angel, wow. this stuff is all awesome. Congratulations on everything. Congratulations on the success. If people want to order your comics, as we said, they can go absolutely any store in the world. And the next one, well, pretty much any store in the world. Uh, and But the next one is Gunbreed is coming out yes. presumably next week. So people should check that out. So right? obviously the cutoff already is gone. But if you go to a comic shop, you're going to go see uh, some copies out there. Grab them and start ordering to previews. You remember, uh, to order to previews, go through Blood Moon Comics LLC. Mm -hmm. um, and then, um, and and then, um, if you want to order online, if you go to uh, uh, LLC.com, you'll be able to order copies directly. So if you have missed a copy or, or two, you, they're, they're, they'll chip it on ex with excellent conditions. It'll look great. And um, and please, please follow us uh, on Instagram at Panico Press. We are desperate. At Panico Press, uh, go to our <laughs> website, uh, panicopress.com. Uh, we're on Facebook also, also at Panico Press. Hey, Pete, one question. I don't know if you were able to see the art, but what do you think of the art? Super tight bananas, bro. It's super oh, tight. Oh, he's got some bananas. <laughs> I got props, I got props, brother. I got props. Those are the official super tight bananas. Amazing. Oh, Angel, so that's funny. amazing. Thank you so much for coming out. It truly Man, it was pleasure. great to have, have you on the CEO officially, even though you've been there since day one. We appreciate you, man. Congratulations on all your success. Amazing you, to man. hear that someone's been listening to Pete. Just a great <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. I'll see and, you guys next year. All, all right. right. Next year. Angel. Come back. Have a good night. All right. There we go. Oh, uh, Panico Press. Uh, you can check them out at panicopress.com and Gunbreed as mentioned. Oh, that was awesome. Spot, awesome. That, was so spot that Gunbreed cover. It's sick. You'll see yeah, it in the comic shop. Glaring yeah. at you. 
And we got one last guest for you tonight. She is the creator of the multi-award winning Lackadaisy. Ladies and gentlemen, Tracy Butler. Hey, welcome. All right. Oh, yeah. Rule of threes. Rule of threes. Keeping the bit alive. Precedent was set. So. Uh, Everyone's just reading. It's summer. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get into it. Uh, Tracy, thank you so much for coming on the show. Lackadaisy obviously has been a huge, well, for anybody who doesn't know, has been a huge success for uh, multiple decades at this point, both online and off and in print. Uh, and as of the pandemic, you pivoted it from just a webcomic into animation. And yeah. I, I think that process, if I correct me if I'm wrong, started around 2020, but earlier this year put out a gorgeous, stunning half hour. Oh my God. Yeah, uh, pilot. Half hour animated pilot, which is no, you know, it's like, it's a huge achievement. And then it was such a huge achievement. It's gotten, I think, 10 million views on YouTube, something like that. You went to, and I know I'm laying a lot of groundwork here that you could probably talk about, but uh, you started a crowdfunding on Backerkit. And just to look at it right now, because there's a current uh, counter on there, you were asking for $125,000 to make a sequel to the animated pilot. At the current time, with 16 days left, you have $1,197,031. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, we set our, our pie-in-the-sky goal <laughs> at a million, thinking we'll never get there, but we might as well reach for the stars, right? And that was yeah. to fund an entire season one uh, production of, of animated Lackadaisy. And uh, we hit that after six days, which uh, wow. blew, blew our <laughs> socks off. So, uh, so we had to like, scurry and think of some more um, stretch goals to add there. And we figure, well, if people want animation this much they probably want more animation after that so we'll keep making more animation if the more funding we get um that's amazing the, the pilot's so great man i really enjoyed watching it congratulations thanks very much yeah that was we spent the entirety of the, the whole covid lockdown and everything <laughs> doing that uh, had a virtual studio set up it, it worked out great so wow. really so uh, just to give the basis also I, I assume a lot of our listeners probably know what lackadaisy is at this point but mm -hmm. it's a a uh, prohibition era tale involving cats, uh, mostly, uh, who, obviously, uh, and with crime and music and all sorts of things. Um, and you've been running it for a while in a lot of different formats, but it seems like probably a big leap to then take it from that still comic book page format to make it move, add voices, etc. Yeah. What is involved there? Uh, a lot. Uh, so yeah, I did the comic for years and years, just as a, just me solo project. And wow. for a lot of that time, all I the voices in, happening in your brain. And, yeah, they were just Suddenly. in my head and <laughs> maybe driving me a little insane. But <laughs> um, but so it's nice to see them manifest. And, yeah, uh, you know, I kind of exercise my demons that way, I guess. But um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's added like so much more dimension to the to the project. I feel like to have them in motion. That's, for them to have voices for the music and ambiance to be there um and it's just been like kind of surreal to, to be able to be a part of that and have so many amazing artists working in collaboration with me on this thing and uh yeah going from being solo artists to having a crew of like 150 plus people wow. uh has been oh. intense <laughs> but it's also been amazing yeah. um I, i've never like this is a dream come true sort of thing for me so i'm just eternally grateful for you know for the luck that I've stumbled into being able to do this. Yeah. Well, and let me say, just watching watching this pilot, it feels like 
the it's uh, on the animation is amazing but the pacing like we're seeing it right now on, on the live show like it feels like you took a real steady hand with it and have a, a real comic book an understanding of how people like taking mm -hmm. comics sort of at their own pace how did you sort of find that the way of telling this story uh it's, it's actually tricky to to translate comic panels because the timing isn't quite the same people say well maybe comics yeah. are kind of like storyboards right but it's, it's not really like that um, comics, you're hitting a certain like emotional beat or, or a certain specific image from, from something that's happening. But with storyboards, you need to hit every single beat at a, at a given rhythm. Um, and comics don't really do that. Like they change up the rhythm a little bit, depending on whether it's an action scene or a conversation or, you know, a set piece or something like that. Um, so it doesn't quite translate one to one. And, and Fable, the director on, on the pilot, this is actually the teaser for season one um comes from a background doing comics as well so that i think really helped us kind of see eye to eye on, on how we would approach this um but yeah we had to um we actually had a a cut of the pilot that was much faster and much more condensed than what you actually see in the 27 minute pilot we released and we ended up going back in in the animatic phase and extending a lot of the um the scenes to give it some breathing room so that there were moments for beats for the, the humor to land beats for the emotional um bits to land and and some like long pauses that would create a sense of um uh, unease in, in places where there was about to be a gun battle <laughs> um so we wanted to build that that's like suspense but most cartoons are so frenetic and everything happens so fast so fable and i kind of like, yeah we're a little worried about our decision making there going is this going to be boring to people i don't i don't know if like we can do this sort of like extremely cinematic like take your time uh approach to to animation it's a bit of a mismatch i think in like culturally but uh it seemed to work and people seem to enjoy it so um i feel like us going in there and adding extra time to kind of pad the scenes a little bit um, to give it that room to breathe uh, paid off. And I, and I think a lot of that comes from our sense of like comic timing, like making comics. So yeah, nice. that's it. And that's what it, that's what I was referencing. Like, it mm -hmm. really feels like you give us that time to really sit in it, both comedically, but also dramatically. And I feel like that's such a hard line to find. And it is. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. We were concerned. Especially to, like, <laughs> like I said, especially to know, take that time to be like, this is too fast and really step back. Like, right. That's a big swing. And yeah, I think we were watching it and going like, you know, I love like cartoon cartoons that are like SpongeBob and things that are fun and, and frantic yeah. like that. But this particular thing is a bit more on the drama side. Uh, it's still got comedic elements and things like that, but um, it just needed a little bit of that space so that it could be absorbed uh, in a bit, a bit of a different way. Um, so we just had to rely on our instincts to be like, I don't know if people are going to be bored by this or not, but let's try it. And um, it turns out they weren't bored. So <laughs> um, One of the yeah. things that I was really impressed by, and I, I think this is present in your source material as well, but the animation has a real depth to it, like literal depth, like some of the scenes that we're just watching, I think you kind of expect animation to be kind of flat, like you're saying with sort of the SpongeBob thing, if they have a background and you run in front and that's it. Um, but why was that important and how difficult was it to achieve that look? I guess we wanted it to feel like a fully rounded world and it is based very much on historic St. Louis. Um, mm. and so we wanted to bring some of that. Um, the comic is very, uh, I approach a lot of the panels basically like illustrations and mm. I spend a lot of time on texture and uh, ambient um, effects and things like that. So there's a lot of like, you know, fog and things to, to create a sense of distance and depth of field and um, and texture for things up close and higher detail and, and things like that. And, and like 
you know, things in the distance are out of focus. And so we wanted to kind of capture that same thing, but we can't do that with the animated characters. Uh, it would just would have just been um, technically intense, but also probably visually a little overwhelming as well if they were as detailed in the comic panels, as detailed in the animation as they are in the comic panels. Um, so that the characters, we went with more of a, a traditional, of course, like cell shaded look. They, they have rim lighting on them and things like that, and a little bit of texture and lime boil, but, um, uh, but for the environments, we felt like that's where we can really capture kind of the same thing the comic does with the, not photo reel, but in that vein sort of illustrative yeah. um, approach to doing a historical setting. Um, so we really focused on that and the compositors really is where I think a, a lot of that really came together. The background artists did amazing work and then the compositors took that stuff and added the atmospheric effects and things that, that really sold it as this is a real place. Um, there's fireflies and there's fog and mist and, yeah. you know, and then of course the sound editors came in and that added even more depth. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's really just like the work of multiple people, uh, you know, bringing their sensibilities together and, and getting that across. Um, we also drew a lot of inspiration from the Xerox era of like, you know, Disney and Don Bluth films and things of that nature. Yeah, so. you can feel right. that for sure. And uh, do you feel like you had that level of attention to detail when you were doing the comic and you were just like, now I'll just broaden this out to these like, this massive crew that's doing that across all these different disciplines. I mean, yeah, we provided guidance. We're like, here's the thing, we're, here's the look we're going for. And, you know, if you haven't seen the comic, here's like some sample panels of, you know, the look and feel we're trying to achieve. And then also here's like other visual examples. Like we would get together with the crew and watch, you know, some animated films and things like American Tail and uh, Aristocats and stuff and be like, yeah, that's kind of like yeah. the feel we're going for. And, mm -hmm. Um, and just cool. to just to let them, you know, Secret of Nim and things like that, like yeah, that kind of grittiness ah, from from the last nice. from the end of the 20th century sort of thing. And um, so we really tried to communicate what we wanted, and and they all rocked it. Like, I mean, they all grew up on the same animated things too. So uh, everybody involved <laughs> is is just you know extremely in love with animation. So um, we didn't have to go to great lengths to explain what we were trying to do. Um, they they just brought their sensibilities to it, and we're like, yeah, let's do that. So. Um, uh, you, you might have just answered this anyway, but I'll throw it up uh, regardless. This is from Derek Mainhart in the, the comments asked, who are some of your animation heroes? Oh, yeah. I mean, Don Bluth, obviously. Yeah. Uh, there's probably <laughs> probably fairly apparent that there's some influence there and, and Disney. Yeah. And God, I, I grew up on Looney Tunes. They were still on like Sunday morning and, and things nice. like that when I was a kid. So anything Tex Avery, Chuck Jones, all that stuff was extremely uh you know instrumental in my my animation upbringing and then of course i had like the illusion of life that that book about the nine old men and, and everything that disney put out that beautiful hardcover book about animation um so yeah i think a lot of my my influences must have come from from that area um modern day stuff like i don't know felix cosgrove is is like like killing it uh tonico pantoja is doing amazing stuff um worthy kids ian worthington um, so many animators out there just like just doing incredible things right now. Really excited oh. about. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I want to go back. Okay. Go ahead, Pete. You go. Pete, I, I wanted to Pete. go back to something you said about uh, all this stuff living in your head. Was it always cats? What was where was the kind of the start of the love of cats? Of course. Yeah. We, uh, by yeah. the way, I just want to mention we ask every guest this: Was it always cats in your head? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, along with all the voices, there were cats. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, cats. yeah you know, <laughs> typical artist scenario. There's just things going on in your head. You got to put them on paper to deal with it. But um, yeah, I, I grew up with cats and had a lot of mm -hmm. childhood cats who had a lot of personality, and they they ended up forming the basis for a lot of these characters, like like 
Rocky is based on an actual cat who was just pure, oh, cool. purely made out of trouble um, and never <laughs> shut up and was just, you know, a constant source of, of entertainment and amusement and, um, you know, my best bud as I was when I was a you know, lonely art nerd as a child. So um, he just kind of mm. formed the basis of this this character. I used to draw in my middle school school notes and things. I would just have this cartoon version of him. I would doodle to pass the hours in school. Uh, when I should have been paying attention instead, but um, <laughs> he, he didn't have any context at the time. It just kind of like these cat characters that I had drawn at that moment in, in my childhood kind of bubbled up to the forefront again as I started researching the history of St. Louis and things when I moved out here and um, got kind of interested in the in the area and the history of the, um, the limestone caves underneath the city and the brewing history and everything. And I don't know why those two things came together. It just seemed like a natural fit, like that kind of I don't know. It's it's a story about characters who are very morally gray, um, and I probably don't need to explain like cats. why cats <laughs> uh, seem like a, a natural fit, like gangsters of that that era, like Al Capone and things. Like they were obviously criminals, but they also had this sort of charisma. And I think I think cats kind of like embody that same oh, nice. you know, sort cool. of thing in in our cultural um, you know pantheon of of animal characters. So um, so yeah, I think that was why. It's also very easy to make them act and emote when they've got those big mobile ears and big eyeballs and tails that kind of elongate the line of action and things. So it's like, like you can really play with the gesture and, and, um, and acting in that way. And their expressions really come across very strongly and their faces are similar proportions to humans. So they can carry a lot of human expression um, without contorting them too much. So yeah, it was all those factors, I think. I, I just have fun drawing them so, <laughs> at the end of the day. Uh, I mean, similar in terms of the things getting outside of your head, and you talked about this a little bit already, but you've been solo on this for so many years. Uh, what was it like taking those voices out of your head and literally hearing them on the screen? Uh, really surreal um, and amazing. Like we, we auditioned so many people uh, for some of the roles and some of them, we just like found them right away. Like, like yeah, that's the voice, that's it. Um, and some of them we had to had to do fair bit of digging to, to find the right voice that matched up. But, you know, you have this thing in your head for so long and it's, it's just kind of like a scavenger hunt to try to find something that matches out there in the real world. I didn't have this like list of uh, celebrity voice actors or anything that I really wasn't that. Chris Pratt, Chris Pratt, yeah. Chris Pratt. <laughs> the only one, obviously. Who else can he ask for? <laughs> That's all you can cast at this point. Um, so I, I didn't really have a place to start, but uh, we, we began with Michael Kovach who does Rocky's voice and uh, he reached out to a bunch of, as it turns out, the voice actor community is very tight. A lot of them know each other and he reached out to a bunch of people he knows in that, um, in that profession and they sent their reels in and we just ended up with this treasure trove of amazing wow. auditions and reels and a lot of it boiled down to just um, not who was good because they were all really good. It was just like who actually matches the the tone and the, the right like you know um, mm. the right kind of voice for this character. So it, it was and just getting to make that choice was was an extreme privilege. Just you know <laughs> listening to all these people who want to read for this character. It's like wow. Uh, this might be too big, uh, broad of a topic, so I'll try to hone in on it a little bit, but. Okay. It's a weird time for animation, right? Like in oh, terms yeah. of theatrical animation, like we were just joking about, it's mostly celebrity voices. A lot of the voice community is being forced out. In terms of both streamers and TV, they're cutting down on animated shows a lot. Yeah. Um, so 
was was the original goal here to take this and like try to sell a TV and then ultimately you're finding more success online? Is that something that's still a goal? Where where are you sort of on that spectrum? Yeah, uh, the the inception of it was Fable and I getting together to make a, a pitch packet for mm -hmm. for Lackadaisy. Um, and we did that and we shopped it around a little bit and the feedback we kept getting was this is a neat idea. It looks really cool, but um, Hollywood is very risk averse. They're never going to make this. Um, so why don't you just go make your own cartoon <laughs> and make your own pilot, make a proof of con make a, you know, proof of, uh, concept. And so, uh, Fable and I, I think we're both itching to, to make animation anyway. So we kind of just took that and, and ran with it. We're like, okay, let's do it. And so we went to Spike Trotman at Iron Circus, um, teamed up with her to do a Kickstarter for that, that pilot that we were talking about before. That's the 27 minute introduction to la animated lackadaisy yeah. um and then after that came out uh we got a surprising amount of interest from from some pretty big places in in hollywood and um uh you know surveyed the the landscape and had a lot of discussions and meetings and found that none of the options available at this time were looking particularly great um and we were seeing a lot of very promising things get put in a vault, thrown in the trash, get stuck in development hell, um, or get canceled after a year, or they'll order a, a season from you, but then they'll break it up into two or three seasons on streaming and, so that they can avoid paying you more for the next season and mm -hmm. things like that. And it's really beautiful, kind of gross. beautiful process. Yeah. And then along came the WGA and SAG AFTRA strikes. And now it's like, like TAG may join them. We're like, yeah, it's time because everything going on right now in, in that arena is kind of ugly and pretty much hostile territory we felt for animation. So we're like, maybe we just turn to the, the fan base and go like, hey, look, um, the best way to, to assure that this cartoon ex continues to exist and, and that we have creative control of it and ownership of it and that isn't going to get trash canned for a tax write-off um, is for us to make it ourselves. And they apparently really wanted that and they responded so i was gonna say um, it seemed to work it seemed yeah. to legitimately work yeah by the way that, i apologize for this like light that's coming in here it's just like uh, it's no it's very it's dramatic. dramatic it's very the light dramatic. of heaven uh <laughs> yeah. shining down on the yeah, justice the animation gods have smiled exactly. on us. yeah it's a little bit of drama i love it, it yeah. I mean, like we're talking around here, it must be very validating, you know, this is a silly way of putting it, but like as soon as those YouTube views started to roll in, there yeah. probably was a certain, what was the point where you're like, oh, this is bigger than we, we thought. It. Yeah, I think yeah. as soon as we hit about that 24 hour mark and we were at a million views and then it wow. just skyrocketed from there to 2 million, we were like, okay, we could breathe a sigh of relief because we, we didn't know when we released it what kind of response we were going to really like, does anybody really want this? Is anybody going to be interested? Is it going to maybe like come out and maybe like totter its way to like 300 K views. And then we'll have spent the past three ish years, like toiling over this thing. Yeah. You know, we had to kind of make peace with like, we did the absolute best we could. Um, and you whatever sure happens, it's happens. Amazing. thank you. Um, and then we put it out and, and the response was, was pretty incredible. So yeah, we were um, extremely relieved, extremely grateful for the the outpouring of support that, that came in the wake of that. And so we figured we better grab that bull by the horns and, and make something out of it. So. so the good news is that you got completely funded at this point for an entire season of animated television. The bad news is now you have to make that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what, at this point, once the, once the backing campaign is done in about 16 days, what's the process going to be like? What 
is not pressuring you at all about your boss, but what do you think the timeline is going to be in terms of turning this stuff around? So uh, we won't get the funds probably until mid-September or so, just the way things work with Backerkit and Kickstarter and things of that nature is like the crowdfund ends and they have to do all the, you know, the card charging and everything, and then they take their cut and uh, Stripe fees take their cut. And then eventually you get, you know, the, the sum in your, your bank account. Um, in this case, Iron Circus is is executive producing it, and so they are handling all the budgetary stuff, payroll and everything. Um, but we're planning to kind of hit the ground running at that point, so probably it'll be October when we're really really getting into uh, full, you know, hitting on all sixes at that point. Um, Fable and I have been working on the scripts for the for the first few episodes already. Um, oh, nice. We're doing some pre-production work at this time, so. Um, but we're probably not going to start releasing episodes until we have at least two episodes in the bag. We'll mm -hmm. be stacking production on those. Um, we weren't sure if we were going to be able to do that based on, it's, it's all based on like the scope has to change based on the kind of funding we get. And so we were going right. to be like, well, if we're only getting, we're only going to do one episode, then that's, that's what we'll, what we'll do. And then we'll see what we can do after that if, if we can keep going. Um, but because we've, we've hit the goal for all five episodes of the season that we plan, um, we'll stack those episodes and start developing or producing both of them at the same time. Um, and then we probably won't release episode one until episode two is also done. And then that way, a couple months after that, we can release episode two. Uh, so it'll probably be late 2024 um, when okay. we start releasing episodes. But after that, we feel like we can steadily then release episodes every couple months. So that's, that's great. <laughs> and in between great animation the time... takes time. Yeah. It does take, I think a lot of people maybe don't understand. Uh, we actually yeah. like to share a lot of our production process, um, doing live streams and things like that, and, and talk about oh, it with cool. people because then they get uh, an understanding and appreciation for how much work actually goes into it, how many people have to be involved um, in every second of, of animation that you see. There's like a laundry list of people who've had their hands on it. Um, and uh, and even people behind the scenes you don't see, like <laughs> the people who are doing the yeah. IT work and everything like that. So. Um, so we like to be upfront about what our what our process is and share that with everybody, so they understand why it's taking this long and you know and why it costs the, the amount it does and everything. Um, but but yeah, I think you know we're trying to do our part there to to develop a, a broader appreciation among animation fans of what it actually takes to make animations. And just to kind of wrap up here a little bit, you obviously sound very, very busy with all of this stuff, but in yeah. between all of that, do you have any hankering to get back to the comic? Uh, very much so, yeah. yeah. I've got Volume 3 <laughs> and Lack of Easy just waiting for me, and Spike at Iron Circus is not only the executive producer on the animation side of things, uh, Iron Circus has its animation branch, which is what we're, we're operating under, but also their publication of mm. comic branch. And uh, Spike has let me know I'm beholden to her for getting that volume three done. So and I, I agree, I really do want to get back to it. So um, Fable Siegel, the director on the pilot, will be the showrunner on season one. Mm -hmm. And so this whole production will really be in their capable hands. I'll be doing writing uh, on the That's episodes. I'll probably be involved in some character design things and, and things of that nature. And I'll be there to consult <laughs> about <laughs> historical details and things because I'm the 1920s nerd on the crew at this point. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, I will be leaving the bulk of that work to, to Fable and, and our crew. And meanwhile, I, I'm very much looking forward to getting back to making comics because I certainly have that itch to get drawing again. So yeah. That's great. Tracy, congratulations on everything. Yeah. Congratulations on the huge success. I great can't to wait to see more of this. The pilot is stunning. I think the rest Thanks. of it's going to be great as well. Thank you, guys. Awesome. Tracy, have a great night. Good night. Uh, thank <laughs> you. Talk to you soon.
All right, there we go. Once again, uh, Lackadaisy, you can check that out right now. Yeah, crowdfunding online. Obviously, they don't need the vaunted comic book club bump, but at the same time, you can go there anyway. Oh, yeah. so give it, it anyway. Give it anyway. There's yeah. some great rewards, some great stuff that you can check out there, which we didn't mention. Definitely worth there. watching the pilots. Oh, on my watch gosh. the pilot. Watch Gorgeous. the pilot. Gorgeous. Yeah. Absolutely. And we are going to move on to our next <laughs> section, which is my favorite section because you all make it up. It is your audience questions. And for audience questions, all you got to do hear a beer is... opening. Uh-oh. <laughs> Pete's going to learn. All you got to do is drop a question in the comments over at Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch. Not Twitter slash X because that site sucks and they don't do that. But... <laughs> Why don't wow. we... I'm sorry, Shots. I'm coming at... It is, that was really hot. I'm sorry. I apologize. That was really mean to Twitter slash X. Uh, what are you guys drinking tonight? I finished my delicious clarified whiskey sour. It From was, the official uh, chef, the official Stray Bullies. I just want to emphasize again, so refreshing. Like, I don't necessarily expect a whiskey sour to be a refreshing drink. It was very nice. You've clarified mm. it. Yeah, there you go. And verbally and uh, with the recipe. Uh, I was drinking a, I infused, I've been talking about infusing things a lot lately. I infused a mezcal with grapefruit and was Ooh. having a infused mezcal with uh, grapefruit juice and Aperol. That's the official drink of the summer. But I finished that pint glass of alcohol and I moved on to a uh, Montauk Wave Chaser. Ah, yeah, you love those. I'm infusing my body with beer, and uh, I am drinking a little Lagunitas Daytime, my new favorite beer. It's nighttime. It's nighttime. You you got to switch to night. You're never going to get to sleep if you keep drinking the daytime. Yeah, it's like Dayquil and Nightquil. No, no. If you drink enough of these, you pass out. It doesn't matter what time of day it is. (laughs) All right, why don't we get to some questions since we're getting a couple here already. This is... From Ben the Border Collie, do you all have a favorite gimmicky 90s type of comic? E.g. Chromium, die cut, polybagged, etc. If so, do you have a specific favorite version of that? Great question. And let me say I have uh, two answers. One on the negative side. The polybagged with the trading card inside always stressed me out. Like Death of Superman, I was like, oh, boy, I got to open this. I'm going to rip it wrong. Oh, no. (laughs) And then it left too much up in the air. High stakes. I love it is. I love a, uh, a hologram. I love a gatefold. I love mm-hmm. any sort of foil, uh, shiny foil cover. I'm here for all that. The Robin, what was it, Robin 2, where they had oh, the holographic yeah. centric <laughs> card? Yeah. Give me that. They did that yeah. for Fatal Attractions, too, right? The kickoff yeah. of all the X-Men books where they put the holographic cover. They put the little yeah. card on there. Yeah, the little, cool. when you hold it up and it moves type of did thing. Did I imagine, was there a book that looked like Wolverine's claws had cut through it? And like the cover. <laughs> Alex, was... get out of here. Of course. That's like 19 books. <laughs> no, but like there are holes talking. in the cover, I mean. Like there are yeah. holes in the cover. Yeah, that happened. That, that was, was in your that imagination. A, uh, that happened. Well, I forget, the a thicker cardstock die cut with the slashes through it i don't i couldn't name it but i definitely picked up that and then when wolverine lost his animantium they had the claws and it was a different kind of foil cover and Mm. and there were shards of bone in the cover as well yeah and for every they sent you they sent you a piece of adamantium with with every kind of new printing they changed the color so it started gold and then went to silver uh, so I had to get both because, uh, you know, the the silver cover is closer to the real claw color, but the gold was the first printing, which I feel like How they should How was your retirement reversed. fund? 
How is your retirement fund going? Uh, it's, you know, it's a 9.8, so it's looking good. You know what I mean? <laughs> Let me CGC ask you, graded, start... 9.8. Yeah. When are you going to start selling those off for the cash? Oh, dude, no, not yet, man. Not yet. You You're going to be buried in them, right? Yeah, a few nice. of them for sure. Excellent. Yeah, I'll take uh, four garbage plates, sir. <laughs> <laughs> uh, real quick, because we got a plug here. Angel hit us up on the side, wanted to remind uh, or mention and forgot to mention that Pentacle Press is going to be at Baltimore Comic Con in September and New York Comic Con in October. Ooh, so all right. Maybe I'll see them in the B-more. There you go. Uh, this is from Wait. All in the Game. Oh, yes. What? What? Pete. Don't didn't you send us an audience question? Is that uh Yes, I did. Wait, all the game. We'll come right back to this. I'm so sorry for the taunting and teasing. We got an email from Thor Axdal who says, I have a question I'd like to hear you all discuss on the show, but due to my work, I'm never able to watch the live shows. So my question ah. is this what superhero character or book did you start off disliking but eventually came around on? I used to think Daredevil was a horrible character before Ooh, ever man. actually giving him a shot. Then I just started to do a long run read starting with the Marvel Knight stuff. It was a rough start with Smith's arc, but once I hit Bendis's run, I realized just how wrong I was. Now I'm on my third read through the series from 98 to present. Big fan, listening to your shows are often the highlights of my week. Yes, that sounds depressing, ah. but your show is just really, really good, brah. Ah. Thank you for... Thank you, Thor. Very, very kind of you. Very sweet. Uh, what do you think, though? Was there a character yeah. that you didn't like initially that you eventually... Well, I, I read this uh, in the email, and I thought about it a little bit. And uh, first off, I rarely come around on a character. You know, you're I either love you or I yeah. hate you. You know, I'm, I'm ride or die. Yeah. Um, so, um, but... Far Sector made me come around a little bit on Green Lantern. Uh, you know, I just thought it was stupid Truth. space police type of stuff. And then they were governed by these floating eggheads with no pants, which made no sense to me. But Far Sector really opened up uh, my mind to that and the world to that. So, um, yeah, yeah. And I think also, shout out was to Was your Fra problem specifically the lack of pants? I'm just having trouble parsing that sentence. It was a combination of things that added up that made me think, I'm not having fun here. You know what I mean? This world that they created, it is not as enjoyable as they make it seem. Mm -hmm. um, uh, also, Francis Manipool's art made me think Flash was interesting for a minute or two. Not enough to like read the comic, but to mm -hmm. buy it and look at it, well, for sure. You I, I, I think mean? famously, you actually liked the Manipool writing run, where... Um, Francis yeah. doing both, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, I feel yeah. like that was the one where you were the big proponent of that. And maybe yeah. Alex, the Flash fan, liked it less. Yeah, I think so. Uh, though I did like the art as well. I'll throw out, conversely to Pete, normally I don't like the Punisher at all, yet there have been multiple Punisher runs Come on! that I that was, think have uh, been That 100% my answer as well. Yeah. Ooh. The Jason well, Aaron run recently, I have especially yeah. the focus on um, Maria has been was such a great i love that story yeah yeah it's very good well i think that but even like garth edis's run on the title that's something that i read begrudgingly and then when i read it it's really well written there's great art throughout so it's the sort of thing that even if i find the character frustrating whenever i see him in main marvel and didn't love him going up to that if a book is good it's good you know so there you go yeah this I'll also from, just throw out oh, yeah. Superman real quick. Uh, I know the next question. I feel like is 
some uh, a character who is is a little tricky sometimes, and I feel like lately Philip Kennedy Johnson, Joshua Williamson, the runs that are happening now, Tom Taylor on uh, on the uh, other Superman book. I've really been enjoying those so much. Yep. This is from All in the Game, for real this time. Are you all watching My Adventures with Superman? I checked out the first couple of episodes, thought it was great and very charming. Have you guys taken a look yet? Uh, same. Uh, I'm going to definitely get into it more, but I watched the first two, I think. Uh, and I was like, oh, it's like a this show, for whatever reason, I feel like has been under the radar and just sort of mm-hmm. popped in, and it's delightful. It's on my to-do list for uh, for sure, and uh, I'm going to get to it. I'm definitely going to get uh, to what's it. What's it underneath? What are you waiting to cross off to get to it? Uh, no, it's the top of the to-do list. I just got to... Uh, <laughs> it's the top? Yeah. Wow. Take out your garbage, man. Take out your garbage, brush your teeth. Oh. Please do those things first. No, I don't. Those are yeah, automatic. I would, put, I would take... move brush your teeth to above my adventure with Superman, but that's just me. <laughs> Smart. Speaking of tasks, this is from Stray Beans. Can Justin grow a full beard or is it patchy on the side? Patchy. It just comes in patchy. It's just how it works. You know, if I can speak for Justin here for a moment. Uh, yeah, no, you know. Pete always handles all of my facial hair questions, and that's, that's always right. been the way it is. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, uh, no, this is at full growth. I haven't <laughs> done anything on this in, I don't know, uh, years maybe. Uh, so I'm right. So, yeah, it just comes in patchy. That's all. I'm at capacity. I'm at capacity here, and I love it. This one is from Kevin. What are your favorite British comics? Just to throw out one right at the top here. There's a top of my head, but I'd say Ricky Gervais. He really just, you know, tells it like it is. Oh, my God. He he doesn't care about anything. He'll just say whatever comes to his mind. Wow, dude. I almost did a spit take there. Nice job, (laughs) Salvin. Well done, sir. Thank you very much. But seriously, British comics, Pete. Billy Connolly. Billy Connolly is (laughs) a classic. You know what I mean? Come on. British comics, what do you like? Anything? Uh, Yeah, I mean, there's there's a bunch of stuff, but uh, nothing I can pull out of the... You know, the ether. I mean, this is top of mind because we were talking to Ramsey earlier, but a lot yeah. of the Judge Dredd stuff obviously is very good. Um, yeah, what else? I don't know. I read most of those British people when they came over here and they became relevant to me. I definitely country. grown up. Because I'm a terrible them. person. <laughs> I'm glad you're saying that out loud. I definitely uh, grew up reading 2000 AD for sure. Yeah. Do you have any favorite? about British stuff? Yeah. Yeah, British comics. Beads on toast. Come on, man. Uh, Bangers and um, Hulk smash. Bangers and Hulk smash. Bangers and smash. That's pretty good. Again, we're terrible people. Uh, Just real quick, Ben the Border Collie says, Wolverine number 50, where his claws slice through the cover is mine. That's exactly the one that I was thinking. That's what you're talking about, yeah. Yes. Thank Um, you, Ben. Here we go. Kevin says, on paperback books, I've always liked embossing, so why not on comics as well? Ooh, nice, Kevin. I love an embossed cover. Yeah, boss it up. Mm-hmm. I like I it. Me. I always liked it on paperbacks. Uh, oh, he said he liked it on paperbacks. I can't read. It. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Alex. All right. Are, is yeah. Kevin you? Is Kevin just an? Yeah, Alex exactly. Yeah, he's my Kevin. Your bot. He's my alt. Uh, yeah. This is from Stray Bullet. I just got back from California Legoland, and I'm still oh, in it. Nice. Alex built that awesome bat cave in the background. Is there a Lego set you'd like to see that doesn't exist yet? Ooh, wow! Comic book club. Yeah, Lego, <laughs> Lego Pete Lego comes with club. own garbage plate. Yeah, and just uh, each of us, uh, each of our tiny Lego heads in rectangles, uh, talking about comics. Uh, I, uh, 
Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Legos. I've always wanted to do the Millennium Falcon. Um, I don't exists. know. So, what's that? Yeah, I know that it exists. exists. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. I I worked at FAO Schwarz and worked in the Lego department. Uh, yeah, I had many uh, arguments with uh, children about uh, the fact that we could never keep Millennium Falcon on the shelves uh, or you know, stop kids from stealing the Chewbacca out of the box. A lot of people are like, oh, if you had a time machine, go kill Hitler, go do all this other stuff. I would go back and just observe Pete working at FAO Schwarz. <laughs> <laughs> I almost got fired every day, bro. Him. That's what I'm saying. I actually want to see you talking to kids, I guess, fighting with them in some way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it seems like. Mm-hmm. Great. Uh, great. What else? Any other? Oh, yeah. The stray Beans. Uh... Lock and key uh, Lego would be mm, amazing. Lock and key Lego. I would buy that in a second. Yeah, that's yes, definitely. That's amazing. Uh, this is from Derek. Maynard says, are they bringing back the Punisher too soon? For anybody who doesn't know, there is a new version of the Punisher who's going to show up. I think his name is like, instead of Frank Castle, it's like Tom Fortress or something like that. Oh, wow. Yeah, you see like, what they did there? Like, Do you see, you yeah. see what they did there? Yeah. It's like Joe Stoneboards or something. Like <laughs> Stoneboards? Stoneboards. Yeah, it's some very basic. That's how you, you build a house out Joe Skullchest. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Pete, you're the resident Punisher fan. What do you think about them Thank bringing you. back a new Punisher? A new uh, Punisher? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's a tough character right now, so I'm excited for any Punisher. I'm not going to be mad at... Uh, anything until I've read it, so I remain That's optimistic. That is decidedly not true, and I only say Frank that Frank Castle like... is also a Punisher, and you hated that, so yeah. I feel like your answer okay. is... All right, and well, let me throw this out to you. What is essential fair, for fair. you to have in a Punisher? I've been wanting to ask you this, because assuming the story is not family picnic-based for this new guy, what if he's just like, I kill people, and I wear this shirt, Wow, Is that's. That yeah, I don't what, know. If it's, what if instead of a picnic, he's at like a food truck rally or something like oh, that? Oh, wow. Oh, that's so different. Uh, what a different world. No, uh, yeah, that's the yeah, thing. What if, the, what if the rest of his like after work kickball team got killed at a food truck? Is that the modern equivalent for. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's. First of all, that's. You've got to have vengeance for your kickball team. You know, if anybody's on a kickball team out there and somebody gets murdered, you better. Uh, Do you them. think if that happened, would he become the Punisher or would he become the Kickball? And he's like, uh, no, I don't think one. they would. I yeah. don't think kickball. he like bounces around and kicks people or something like that to death. Yeah, no, it's Circus not like kick. Speedball or anything like that. Uh, I, you know, Who's the I next think speedball? to answer your question seriously, Justin, I think it's someone who is broken by loss, who has felt a love mm. so great that when it's ripped away from them, they don't want anybody else to be hurt in a similar manner. They go on a mission to make a difference or try to do things that others can't so other people won't be hurt in a similar manner. Uh, Stuff like that is what I think The Punisher is about. That's a beautiful answer, so the kickball thing does work then. (laughs) Yeah, the kickball (laughs) thing definitely falls under that. Let me say this. I would much rather... I, I'm curious to see what the new Punisher backstory is. And I think the backstory of the Punisher... The Punisher is the uh, more limited Batman. He's like the Marvel mm-hmm. Batman origin. And I think the origin is very important to the character. If you don't have the origin, it doesn't really work. I want to follow Frank Castle in Weird World that Jason Aaron set up. 
that to me is very interested in that. All right. And that is it for your audience question. It is now time for trivia. And for that, we're going to turn it over to Pete LePage. All right. Hey, this is the part we give back to you, the lovely audience. It's an opportunity to win 25 free dollars in the form of a gift card to Midtown Comics. If you had 25 bucks, you go to a comic book shop. Or, of course, if you're starving and maybe you want to slowly poison yourself, you can go to Long John Silver's, too. We have that available as an option. Uh, but, uh, Zelbatron, do we have a volunteer or do we need a volunteer? They're going to the raise question. their hand. in the Yeah, we question. need a volunteer. If somebody just wants to say me, 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 or whatever in the comments, we will get to you, and it'll be yeah. on a weird 15, One 20 me, second delay. Or Maybe. there's that all... Uh, you know, we do- donate to charity or the writer strike or, or something. Charity. Or yeah. a charity. Yeah, we can yeah. donate to a yeah. charity. Yeah. But stray stray Bullets actually... is suggesting a, a charity. Yeah, I don't know if he's He's our chef. Head, he's just starting. You know, we should listen charity. to him and go with charity. Maybe if he won trivia, he could earn his way back into the chef position that he lost. Uh, first off, stop saying that, okay? He has not lost his position. He's been nothing but amazing. Don't say that about him. Great. Okay, well, it just seems like what happened. Yeah. All right. Well, why don't we just, Justin, you take the quiz and then we'll donate to charity. Uh, Derek Mainhart, I just passed the Lon John Silvers on a road trip and I thought of you guys. Oh, hey, that was the end goal. We could wrap up the podcast now. Hey, now we that did somebody it. Thought we of did us it. We can retire. Great. Uh, so, what do you want to play for? Donate to the WGA or something like that? Sure. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Okay. Artist fund. Okay, take it away, and if if you don't get this, Justin, we're going to take even more money away from the writers. Wow. Great. Wow, no <laughs> press, buddy. Yeah, dude, I'm going to get an extra Netflix account. Wow, this is really... Uh, Kevin, I can do it next week. Um, doing it is literally just commenting, but yes, I will do it. All right, here we go. Today's trip is on topical comic news, and a small nod to the legend... Mark Margolis, R.I.P. Please listen to all three options before making your selection. Here we go, Justin. Question number one. The Loki and McDonald's collab has been called blank. Is it A, delicious, B, deeply bizarre, or C, Gary Munch? Mm, wow, Gary Munch, strong answer because it's food related. And, and just to give right. some context here... They weren't supposed to reveal this for until August 14th, but that somebody who worked at McDonald's just showed a big box of their Loki sweet and sour sauce. Uh, and was Whoa. like, check it out. Get it at McDonald's now so everybody knows what it is. Um, real quick while we're waiting for Justin's answer here, Pete, are yeah, you going sl- to slurp some of that uh, Loki sauce? Oh, yeah. Put some of that sweet Loki sauce in your mouth? You know it, I would argue that Loki sauces would be a trick. He's a trickster. Mm-hmm. Do you think they're going to be green? It has to be green sauce, right? But it also has to be like too sour or something, right? Mm -hmm. Do you think it'll... I've got you, brother. (laughs) Brother? (laughs) Your acting is really just phenomenal. Deeply weird? Was that B? Yes, it is! Well done, Justin. B is correct. Here we go. Question two. In the new Gotham War, who will be going up against bats? Is it A, Catwoman? B, REM, REM sleep. Uh, sorry, REM sleep. That's a night terrors joke. Or C, Dan Marino. Um, I have a 
say Dan Marino is a great villain. Remind me of the time when I really made Dan Marino mad at me specifically. Uh, Wait, that's a real story. story? That's a real story. I made Dan Marino very, very mad. I wish we had some sort of podcast where we could talk about all of our tales from the biz, but alas, answer the question. Oh, that's a fun tease. We're going to have that coming soon. And our Aquaman 2 podcast, we can talk about Dan Marino. (laughs) <laughs> he's such a uh, famous dolphin I guess I'll go with A A is correct it's going to be cat versus bats in the new Gotham War I'm excited for it here we go question number 3 what is being called the hilarious and heartwarming new animated series you need right now is it A strange planet B the snorks or is it C will kickerbocker um that last name is definitely made up. And I know for a fact when Pete doesn't have an answer for something, he says the snorks. So I'm going to go with A. A is correct, buddy. You killed it. <laughs> wow. Got all three right. Excellent. All right. We are going to go to Bob Iger's house and delete his Disney Plus account. That's what we're going to do for you. Nice. Yeah, that's, a, yeah. that's the kind of trivia uh, response I want. Uh, Pete, let me ask, when you know someone for song, do you think people that knew Alex Trebek for like 20 years were like, I know all these answers, you sucker. I'll, I'll say every answer right away. I don't know. What uh, was your secret movie, Pete? Uh, of course, it's talking about the 1994 cult comedy Ace Ventura Pet Detective. <laughs> cult comedy? That's not it. That was a huge hit. It was a small indie thing that no. maybe launched one of the biggest uh, comedians' careers of all time. Ace Ventura, hold on, hold on, because this is this is a little bone that I have to pick with folks. It made one hundred and seven point two million dollars. Bumblebee Tuna proves that it is not a small. Comedy. That's Ace Ventura two when nature calls. But I appreciate the ref. Alrighty then, can we move on? As we all know, new comic books are coming out all the time. What are you guys looking forward to that's coming out this week, Pete? Oh man, there's a lot of great stuff that I'm looking forward to talking to you guys about, especially some fun stuff to fight over. But uh, Night Terrors number three was amazing. Ghost Rider Wolverine Weapons of Vengeance number one was awesome. And Guardians of the Galaxy number five. Justin, what about you? You know I got to shout out our guys uh, making the Enfield Gang Massacre number one. Uh, this is from uh, the That Texas Blood team that oh, yeah. I love and have been uh, blowing the toot-to-toot trumpet for quite some time. Definitely check out and Well, and Gang. also I should mention we did a dedicated podcast with them in the Comic Book Club feed where we interviewed them specifically about this book. Came oh, out, we come- should have talked to them about the book. Oh, my God. We did it about a month ago, so now that the book is coming out, go back, listen to it. Uh, We didn't get too spoilery, but they talked a lot about the process, which I thought was very cool. Yes. Great up. I am going to give a shout-out to Mech Cadets, number one from Boom Studios, written by Greg Pak. This is him bringing his title, Mech Cadet U, back right before it hits Netflix later this month in an animated series. So very cool to see that. I was also going to give Enfield Gang Massacre a shout out and there was something oh barnstormers number two from oh Dallas yeah Netflix. yes fresh oh. off of an eisner win this book is a wild 1920s adventure with like kind of a bonnie and clyde with a little bit of a twist um really really good so good and oh and we got a plug here for swan songs number two yes from 
W. Maxwell Prince. Yeah, thank you, um, Derek. Very excited about that as well. All right, and that is it for this week's show. Bunch of people to thank. Thank you, Ramsey, for coming on. Check out Mega City Max in stores tomorrow. Also, uh, Angel Fuentes for coming out and talking yeah. about Pentacle Press and everything going on. Be sure to check out all of their books. Tracy Butler for talking about Lackadaisy. That is crowdfunding right now. Or you can check out the pilot on YouTube, and it is awesome. Next week... We're going to have another big show for you. Oscar Osario is going to be here to talk about The NeverEnding Adventure. And John Klassen is going to be here to talk about The Skull, a Tyrolean folktale. So that should be fun. Lots of podcasts to plug, as mentioned earlier. Check out Comic Book Club News, our new five-minute news podcast that rolls out daily. Uh, as long as I can give up the pace, we'll see what happens. Alex uh, is nervous. <laughs> no, it's fine. I'm fine. Also, Sons of a Gun, our DC podcast rolling out weekly with news and views. This week, we're going to have a Blue Beetle reread for Whoa, you. Oh, man, that so sounds that fun. Yeah, you should have come on, Pete. Also, Marvel Vision, our Marvel podcast, also rolling out weekly, finally free of the the shackles of Secret Invasion, Riverdale After Dark, a Riverdale podcast. Counted down the last three episodes oh, of the show ever. It's all come on, Bughead. Come on, Bughead. Everything's oh, coming oh, up, oh, Bughead. Oh, I have some nope. bad news nope. for you. Patreon.com slash comic book club to support the show and all the shows we do at Comic Book Live on Twitter slash X, Comic Book Club Live on Instagram or TikTok, Comic Book Club Live.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, good night. Thanks, everybody. Take care of yourself out there.